Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences. And they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Good morning. This is Janice Leibovitz. And you are our People of the Book. And I'd like to welcome my guests this morning. I have with me on the line Hedy Lampert, the author of The Trouble with My Aunt, which is inspired by actual events. Hi, Hedy. Hi there. Morning, everyone. Um, uh, it's great to have you with me. And um, we also have we also have Beryl Achenberger, who is Hedy's publicist and also one of the organisers of the Jewish Literary Festival. Hi, Beryl. Hi, Janice, and hi to all your listeners. Thanks for having us today. Great to have you with me. So without further ado, because time is short, Hedy. Let's get straight to it. And I know that um, let's get straight into the prologue of your book, which I know is brief, and you are going to give us that intro. Okay. You know, when people pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, they write their secret prayers on slips of paper and roll them into tiny scrolls or fold them up tightly and push them into the cracks between the stones, said my mother. This worried me. How could you trust that the notes wouldn't be plucked out and read by someone else? No one ever does that, she said. I suppose people just know that some things can only be shared with God. It was Friday night, and she lit the Shabbat candles. The match popped and hissed into a flare. I covered my eyes and recited the Hebrew prayer I'd learned at school. As always, my mother remained silent, clearly invoking her right to secrecy which was probably not such a bad thing, given that she was praying for her sister's death. And that is a fantastic intro to the book. And for those who have read it, you'll know it is an incredible read. It's amazing. It is partly autobiographical, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, well, yes. I mean, yes. Yes and yes and no. So um, you you want me to carry on with that? Yes, tell us briefly, give us a rough outline of what this is about. Okay, so my mother's sister uh, has got a genetic condition called Fragile X Syndrome. So, and for the last 15 years, I've, I've really made a study of it while I've been working on this book to some extent or another. But really, the, the book is the, the, the book is about growing up with her, um, witnessing my mother's interactions with her, with my grandmother, my own with her and my grandmother. And so that is the autobiographical section. There, there is also a lot of drama that is fiction that that has been built in. And you know, it's up to the reader to decide what's real and what's not. The science is absolutely real, and. Uh, a lot of whatever you relate to, and, and people say that there's so much that is relatable in the book, then if that's real for you, then, then that's real. So I'm not going to say much more about that, um, except that when I did, uh, you know, I, I've written this in so many different formats, so many different points of view, and it was originally in third person. And um, yes. it was said to me then, no, you really should write an autobiography because there's such an appetite for that. And I thought, oh, I didn't, I don't want to write an autobiography because I felt that I would have to give up all the 
the the stuff that I've created. And uh, but there was a disconnect, I think, between the 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 created stuff and and my autobiographical stuff. So then I rewrote it in first person with with a, another name. Um, but I found that even though I was writing about a fictional character in first person, I was able to write more authentically and in that way bridge the disconnect between what what was more authentic autobiography and what was in fact made up. Okay, great. And we are going to chat more about that after this ad break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. And I'm back with my guest, Hedy Lampert, the author of The Trouble with My Aunt, and Beryl Eichenberger, who is her publicist and an organizer of the Jewish Literary Festival. Hedy, before the break, we were discussing whether the book is, in fact, partially autobiographical or not, and you were explaining to us the difference between writing in third person and first person. So let's carry on chatting about about that and and the feeling of disconnecting, connecting with, with readers and connecting with your characters? Well, initially, I had, I had started writing this book as a completely autobiographical piece. It was, it started in 2005 when I attended a writing workshop with the late Anne Schuster, who has been a mentor and an inspiration for, for many, uh, Cape Town based writers. And, um, you delve into yourself and, and, and there's all this stuff. But then over the years doing various other creative writing courses, um, it, it became apparent that I just didn't have enough for a plot. So you have to start making stuff up. And in the beginning, I thought I can't do this because I'm lying. And then I had, because I've, you know, over the years I've, I've always been, I've been a journalist, a magazine writer. I've not written fiction. It was really hard for me to write fiction. But once I got into it, then that thing happened to me where the characters started speaking to me. I remember one day having written for um, maybe five hours, and it was five o'clock in the afternoon, and I took my dog for a walk, and we were walking around the field, and I was mulling over what I'd written, and suddenly the one character came and said what she was going to do. And I remember saying in my head, are you serious? Are you really going to do that? And she said, yes, I am. And I was so excited, I rushed home, sat down again and wrote for another four hours. And that's when I felt like a real fiction writer. So I, I um, love hearing about, about authors whose characters come and talk to them. That, that's just a fascinating. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah. So, so you're saying that, that the characters in the book, are these all based on on people in your life? Are they fictional characters? Because there are characters in this book. I mean, everybody has some of these characters in their lives. I mean, there's there's someone by the name of Ken Greenberg. There's someone by the name of Dorothy Kavansky. I mean, everybody has, you know, people will identify with these people, especially when when you live in a community like our South African Jewish community, they are so relatable and people will really identify with, with all these individuals. And, you know, are they all based on actual real-life people or are they, are they some who are, are fiction, are totally fictionalized? 
some some are based on real life people, and one or two are fictionalized. Um, and the you know people often say is the main character me. I mean, little bits of me, yes, bit of my bit of my germophobia, which which serves me extremely well in this current uh, climate. I tell you, so it's like we must have been practicing for that all our lives. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what my brother said about his wife, but he was actually just uh, talking about himself there. Um, yeah, I take to this like a duck to water. So I'm the kind of person who reads the contraindications um, in a package of Panado, and uh, so there's a bit of me, but there's also maybe a bit of me in in, in the best friend, and and I haven't really put all of myself in there, not by any stretch of the imagination, but. The gran and the mom, in a way, this is a homage to my mom, who was an absolute saint. Um, and yeah, I, I have dedicated it to her. Uh, but, but, um, there are other characters who are completely fictional, but I'm going to leave that up to the reader. The reader can decide who's who. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of authors, um, they do often get asked, by family and friends and readers, oh, is this based on so-and-so and is that based on someone else? And I think what a lot of authors do tend to do, and correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they kind of, they base their characters on, they, they extract character traits from various people and pull those together to create one individual. Uh, you, you can do that. I think, I think, um, if you have a good eye and a good ear and you just observe, then you just hear these conversations in your head. I know I do. Um, I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm a musician and I sing, so I do kind of have a feel for rhythm and, and, and also accents. I, I do, I do lots of weird accents. So I, I do draw from a lot of people, but generally it will be from one, one event. And I heard that person speaking in a certain way and that will stick with me and I will channel that into a character. Um, so, so yes, it, it, it is a mix, but, but for me it generally comes from one person. And are, are you like um, some of us who sit in, in coffee shops and look at other people and make up stories about them? Not really. I, I, I should probably train myself to do that because people say to me, well, you know, you, what's your next book going to be? Well, frankly, I don't know. So, so I do need to maybe start watching people a bit more. Maybe some of us should, uh, you know, give you points on what we do or should I, am I giving away too much of how weird some of us really are? You know, when you sit and you go, oh, that, that couple over there, you know, he's a serial killer and she's an undercover whatever. A lot of people do that and I happen Maybe to know I need to spend more time a lot of people. <laughs> can I away a lot of the weirdness? You may, Beryl. Thank you. I just wanted to draw attention to the Fragile X syndrome, which of course is the core of the book, and the amount of research that you had to do, Hedy, because it wasn't a syndrome in the late 80s or the early 80s or even when when um, your character of Auntie Vi was born. So maybe it would be interesting for the audience to hear a little bit more about Fragile X. Yes. 
So the character of I, as I said initially, is based so on can, my can I just can I just can I just break in here and say we are definitely going to chat about this and we are going to get into this right after this ad break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. And I'm back with my guests, Hedy Lampert, author of The Trouble with My Aunt, and her publicist, Beryl Eichenberger, who's also an organizer of the Jewish Literary Festival. And before the break, we were about to chat about Fragile X, which is actually the main focus of this book. It's um, a syndrome, which is discussed at length in the book. And we were going to chat about the research that Hedy did to um, be able to discuss Fragile X and to focus on Fragile X in this book. So, Hedy, let us let us now chat about that. What did you need to find out about Fragile X? Because it, it wasn't well known. And even now, I don't think many people have heard of it or know about it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So the character of, of Vi, Auntie Vi, is based on my mother's sister, uh, who was born in 1933, and she grew up during a time when children like her were viewed in no uncertain terms as retarded. And I, I use that word, it's not politically correct now, but it certainly was bandied about then. And the prevailing educational system obviously had no place for these individuals. Their families had little or no support, and institutionalization in facilities for mentally handicapped was seen by many as the only viable option. Now, um, my my cousin also had uh, a child, has a child, a son, who is profoundly uh, cognitively impaired. She had suspected for a long time that there was a link. Um, and she approached me in the mid-80s when she finally found out what was wrong with her son. And she said, you need to get your blood tested. Um, but it was my blood, my mother's blood, my aunt, and my gran. And it had to be sent to Belgium. At that time, it, there was no one in South Africa doing the research. And um, the results came back, and it turned out my mom and I were negative. And my gran was a carrier, but she had passed her status down to my aunt. But it had multiple. It 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 had uh, become a full mutation in my aunt, and my aunt is in fact a sufferer of fragile X. Um, and and the symptoms. So so fragile X is is actually more common than we realise. It's always inherited. Um, it's almost as common in its occurrence, if not as common as Down syndrome. But Down syndrome is not inherited. That is a de novo thing. So this is always inherited. It does run in families. Nowadays, you can be tested. You could be a carrier and absolutely not know about it. You can be absolutely normal. Um, but it's multiple, the, 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 the gene, um, becomes more and more dysfunctional because it, the site multiplies. I'm not going to go into the yes. size of now yeah. in the book. Um, but in your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. So um, you should be – anybody planning to have children should should always be tested for fragile X. Uh, it's definitely something that more and more therapists these days are dealing with and are very aware of. Uh, and, yeah, tests are available locally. I was, I was about to ask, um, obviously you're saying people should be tested, so um, I was going to ask if they are, are now available locally. 
Oh yes, and and you've just answered that. So and and in the book, I mean, there, there's obviously huge um, focus and discussion on the dynamics of caring for a, a family member with special needs, and yeah. and the grandfather in the book. I don't know if this is based on your grandfather specifically. Was absolutely adamant. He actually wrote it into his will that that Auntie Ba was never to be institutionalized. And, and there was, there was great concern over what would happen when, when the grandmother died, what would happen to her, who would take care of her. And it was great concern in families when there is a family member who has these special needs and, and the care of, of this family member, there's great concern of leaving yeah. that care to another family member. Yeah, as that happened in the book. That is absolutely true. Um, so it, this, that, that did happen. My grandfather did write that in his will. And, um, my, my mother was absolutely haunted by the, the possibility of not being around, which is why she prayed for her sister's death. But, you know, this constant kind of from, literally from the minute she was born, because the character of the mother is only nine months old when Little Vi is 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 growing in in uh, her mother's womb. So already at that stage, uh, Grand's milk is blue in inverted commas because there's the, all, all the nutrition is going into the developing fetus, and her nine month old baby is starting to starve. So already at that age, the, the the character of the mother is sacrificing for her her sister. Um, but there's also, you know, that the, there's, there's so much else that happens because Gran, and I'm not going to give it away, but she blames herself. Nobody knew what the trouble was with Auntie Bai. We only knew it was Gran's fault. Gran always thought it was her fault. Yes. And the book is about why she thinks it's her fault. Um, and it, it's not actually her fault, but you can't tell her that because, of course, you can't tell Jewish grannies anything. They know absolutely everything. And if I could just share with you a brief little um uh excerpt here where, where grannies know everything uh i say i too found it difficult to deal with my grandmother's foolishness it wasn't that she was completely uneducated she could read and write and do basic arithmetic it was not something i could pin down or give a name to one had to be there in the same room as gran trying to have a conversation with her there was the time gran had asked Leah, did Morris and Gertie Kaplan come to your house for supper? I had barely finished uttering the first word of my reply when Gran had resumed speaking. Oh, well, I suppose he ate like a pig and rocked back on your mother's dining chair. You know, he broke one of my antique chairs doing that. Yes, he did, you know, echoed Auntie Vi. He broke one of your granny's chairs. And she's also got a toss on her. Gran held her hands apart, <laughs> indicating the extent of Gertie Kaplan's considerable buttocks. Yes, she has, you know. She's got a big toffus, added Auntie Vi. Her expression was grave, and then suddenly she had a giggling fit. Granny, Granny, I had to raise my voice to be heard. I'm trying to answer you. They didn't even don't you shout at me, young lady, but you don't let me talk. I'm trying to tell you. I was yelling at this point. My cheeks were burning. Oh, there's that temper, just like her father, Hirsch. But, Granny, they didn't even come for supper. Why didn't you say so, asked Gran, and she was genuinely surprised. You didn't give me a chance. Oh, so cheeky. 
I can't talk to you. I marched out of the room. Just like her father, said Graham. So yeah, you couldn't tell her anything. <laughs> you couldn't tell her anything. And um, just to, to let the listeners know, I mean, that's not an indication of a book that you would really want to read. I mean, that's, that's just, it's, it's fabulous. And then also, I mean, that the, the, the plot is actually so dialogue driven, really. It's, 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 you know, the, the Auntie Vi's contribution here, right throughout the book. And, and her dialogue and, and her, her little, um, side remarks about her poem and her comments and her, endear, her, her, the way she, she comments to people and her term of endearment, her Tuzani, the way she calls people who she, she's really so fond of. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. Yeah, that's so, uh, what, what I did was I used a lot of dialogue to, to drive because it's just it makes it move faster so and and there are the the, the way that the aunt is, is is just you know she she lives in a world of her own and there's her the, the non sequiturs just flow there's 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 because there's a there's a level of autism that in fact um fragile x is one of the leading causes of autism and and one of the the symptoms of autism is is a sort of with a difficulty with social cues and conversational cues, certainly for fragile ex, uh, sufferers. And so she, she will just sort of jump in wherever and her world is, is very driven by her perms and her hairdos. But for example, here's a part where just then, um, Vi walked into the kitchen. She stood there for a while saying nothing. Have you put your dirty washing in the laundry, Vi? asked my mother. Yes, I have, said Vi. He's not been well, you know. My mother responded as if on autopilot. Oh, really? Yes. The doctor came. I saw the car. Who's not well, I asked. She's talking about our neighbor, Morris Goldschmidt. Yes, Morris. He's a very nice person. And the daughter came yesterday, you know. Vi was nodding. Yes, she did. We watched a very nice picture on the television last night. Oh, it was terrific. Could they sing? What was it called, I asked. The King and I. She's terrific, Deborah Kerr. Violet, Violet. Gran was calling from her bedroom. Her voice rose an octave to her soprano range on the second syllable. Yes, Ma, said Vi, irritated. That woman, your granny, she muttered as she walked out of the room. Gran won't let her out of his sight now, said my mother, and heaven forbid if Vi goes outside to talk to sixpence, Gran immediately finds a job for her to do inside. So, yeah, there's, it, the story is driven largely by the dialogue, and, um, and so it rollicks on. And with with that dialogue, also there's there's a lot of um, terminology that that gives us all the the, the Jewish context, specifically Joburg Jewish context, that that people will also relate to. Yes, <laughs> that yes. that is is so it's very heartwarming, and it also takes us back to to a time um, that I think a lot of people will will find. Very reassuring. You know, it's a time that a lot of people remember and yes. that's, I mean, and there was, uh, there was a specific line that I loved that, that Auntie Va walked. She was just really furious about something and yes. she walks from one home to another and she walks down, I think, through Bosa, through this area, that area, and to Sydenham. And I live in Sydenham. And you know, yes. people, you know, when you read about that, it just brings it all just one step closer to home. I, I think this, I think it's so important to read local literature. Um, when I started reading South African literature, 
I it was it was the biggest inspiration for me to start writing this book. Um, and and I I devour South African literature. I think it's it's wonderful. We have so much talent, and we have such stories to tell. And they they don't just need to be politically driven. Although I think it's important, and I certainly I don't shy away from from where we were and 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 little um, cringy bits about uh, apartheid. Uh, it's just all part of it. And 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 one is brutally honest about the way things were. So, um, you know, for example, um, when Vi, uh, Leah and her granny are leaving uh, the, the flat, um, they, they walk past Vincent, who's not just the night watch, but he's on his knees cleaning the floor. And, and um, he's, uh, she, good morning, madam. Um, no, he says, his tightly curled hair and beard were peppered with grey. I was fascinated by his earlobes, which were stretched to encircle a thick round disc the size of a ginger nut biscuit. Morning, madam. Good morning, Vincent. You're doing the windows today? It was not so much a question as a statement. Ah, yes, madam. Vincent nodded his head, which set his earlobes wiggling. Vincent, aren't your ears sore, I asked. I always experienced a pins and needles sort of feeling feeling in the balls of my feet whenever I saw a cut or something which looked painful and Vincent's ears were making my feet tingle like crazy. Ah, no, Ntombazan. Vincent shook with laughter. It's our Zulu custom. Please be careful. Don't slip on Vincent's polished floor, said Gran as I tiptoed past him. And then and they just, just a, a, they, after that, they go past the staff quarters and the few of the window panes were broken and someone had stuck newspaper across the cracks. Why are the windows broken, Gran? Oh, they drink too much Bantu beer and then they fight, said Gran. Come on, we don't want to miss our bus. So yeah, there are lots of bits that people will, will recognize and there's, a, there's an excursion to John Orr's, there's an excursion to Fordsburg to buy um, fabric to make a bomb. Yes. the dress. Um, and yeah, there's, there's lots to, to be enjoyed. <laughs> And I think, yeah, as you say, that the local, the culture and the, the backdrop of what was happening at the time, I mean, you know, and and also the way that, that the older generation related to people with special needs, people of, of different colour, you know, that, that's also, things have changed so much. I think that the... The most, the most significant irony, um, within the book, and I'm not, I don't think I'm giving, I'm spoiling here. The, the, as much as, you know, what my, my blurb speaks about the fact that we carry our own inbuilt prejudices and secrets. So while they had a special needs person in their family, they were still quite prejudiced about other special needs people because, oh no, listen, I had a wonderful memory. It's not that you know she can remember anything, and she's not like that one. He's a mashuganer. I mean, even for example, there is a there's a little excerpt um, from preschool where um, um, little little Leah is um, lonely at, at preschool because she can never wake up in the morning, so she actually never goes to school, so she never lands up making friends. But um, she. 
When snack time was over, I'd wander outside. Once or twice, I'd considered climbing a ladder to the top of the slide, but my boisterous jungle gym climbing peers, swinging wildly from monkey bars dangerously close to the ladder, always gave me pause. Invariably, painting seemed a more appealing option. One particular day stood out in my memory. I'd found an unoccupied easel stocked with freshly mixed paint in a collection of little pots lined up in a tray hooked to the base. I selected a clean sheet of paper from the pile on top of a cabinet and, using the clothes pegs provided, was able to secure the paper to the board set up on the easel. After dipping the brush into red paint, I created an arc across the page. I had decided to paint a rainbow but was too impatient to wait for each of the colors to dry and they'd started to run into each other, creating ugly dark brown rivulets. Frustrated and bored, I'd looked around for something else to do. That's when I saw him, the boy with the very long face and the big sticky-eyed ears. He was sucking his paintbrush. He usually sucked on his sleeve. He removed the brush from his mouth, dipped it into the paint pot, and brought it back up to his mouth, sucking afresh. I stared at him, horrified. His lips were leaf green. When my mother arrived to fetch me, she saw the boy and said, Shame, there's the little spastic, which oh, is mm. a horrifying, a horrifying thing. Can you imagine fun. someone saying that today? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, yeah. And, and, and yeah, we are going to go to an ad break right now and we'll be okay. back after that. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. And we're back, and we're having a fabulous discussion with my guest, um, Hedy Lampert, the author of The Trouble with My Aunt. And at this point, I'm going to bring in her publicist, Beryl Achenberger. Hi, Beryl. Hi, Janice. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> we, haven't, we, haven't forgotten, we haven't forgotten you. <laughs> I know that. We haven't forgotten you. <laughs> and we are Sorry. going to going to talk about the fact that at this point – um, in world events, promoting a book and publicizing a book are not so easy because obviously all of the planned live events have been cancelled. And in our alternate universe, Hedy was actually meant to be in Joburg, I think, um, yes. next week. No, um, this week. I'm going yeah, to remind week, myself of Kalula that I'm so boarding my flight back to Cape Town. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so yeah, lots of difficulties now with promoting books and with 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 publicizing books and actually with, with publishing books even. So, yeah, there's a lot that's dependent on on online sales and online promotion. So, chat to me a bit about the challenges that you're encountering with with book promotion at the moment. Sure. Yes, it's been it, it's been an interesting. Six weeks or so, two months, just trying to think of different ways of doing things. But I think what has come to the fore, obviously, is that social media has almost come into its own with being able to promote events. And radio, radio is so very important because... Like this sort of interview, we can get the word out to a targeted audience. And, of course, the other thing that has come to the fore is anything online. Um, what we're doing at the moment with regard to the Jewish Literary Festival um, is looking at opportunities to present some of the sessions 
that we had planned in the program, which was, which as you know, was a big full program, um, to actually present those through um, webinars, webcasts, whatever you want to call them, um, so that our ticket holders who paid for tickets and didn't um, didn't ask for refunds because we postponed the festival. VIP exclusive look at them first and then we would post them up. So we are, the benefit of that um, is that we would reach a larger audience, whereas most of the time we would be talking to our Cape Town audience almost specifically. Now we would be speaking to a global audience, which makes it very exciting and and, and very Different. The one-on-ones or the, the, the launches with the people sitting there and listening and everything else, we miss. There's no doubt about that. And I think yes. that there's, there's, nothing the like, there's nothing like actual live events. No. There's nothing like that. No, not at all. But we have to adapt. And I think Ahead uh, has been very clever because her book is also on Amazon, so you can buy on Amazon. And then down here, well, I'm sure with most of the bookshops in Johannesburg as well, you can actually order the book, pay for it, get a voucher, and then it will be delivered once um, we are able to communicate or deliver, you know, deliver books or the bookshops open. So it, it's opened up a whole new world, which, honestly, I wasn't expecting at my age uh, to start having <laughs> to learn all these new skills. But... I'm enjoying it. I really am. It, it's almost like going out, you know, when we have a Zoom conversation or have a conversation like this. You know, we're connecting. So there's much more connectivity, I think, than normal. Um, Hedy's been very fortunate. Well, I, not it's not fortunate. The book is great. It's absolutely wonderful. The characters oh, are is. wonderful. I, oh, it really I'm is. Looking at them. Again, <laughs> um, my favourite character, of course, is Lily Ferber. Oh, yeah, I love Lily too. <laughs> because she's so important, apart from the main characters. I think you need um, to tell the audience a little bit, the listeners, a little bit about Lily Ferber. Give us, give us a few, uh, you know, I think you need to follow that up with, with why you like Lily Ferber so much. Lily I like <laughs> Gerber, sorry, I'm doing my German bit here. Um, Lily Gerber. Well, she was flamboyant. She reminded me of one of my family members. Always beautifully groomed. Always a little bit out there. And didn't care what she said. She was, but she was the keeper of secrets. And that was what I found so very interesting. And I related that to a family, an aunt of mine, who who was also always out there, not quite as flamboyant, but very much the different person within the family and who commanded respect. And that's why I like Lily very much. Hedy, uh, maybe you want to add to that. What what um, well, uh, inspired you to write about Lily? One paragraph. Uh, which is one of my, I've got a lot of favorites with Lily and there's some that are, that are too risque for, for radio. But, um, <laughs> Lily, Lily is uncensored. But, um, totally uncensored. Yeah. 
So I emerged from, I emerged into the living room where a collection of residents had taken up their habitual spots and settled in for the daylight hours between mealtimes, scanning the heads, or those that were actually visible above the backs of the easy chairs, I soon spotted Lily's striking burnt orange turban. I made my way over. Hello Lily, how are you today? Oh Leah, how marvellous to see you. I'm as well as can be expected in this barely living hell. She replied, it's not much more than an existence for this lot. She gestured with the back of her hand, her substantial collection of bangles, letting forth with a clinking and clattering, so cacophonous, the shrunken resident slumbering in the neighboring armchair awoke with a start that dislodged his top set of dentures, which landed at an angle, perched in part inside his mouth and partly dangling off his bottom lip so that he appeared to be indulging in a somewhat gruesome snack. <laughs> that's why I like I think um, I think most of us can can pick out a family member who we can identify with. I personally have one as well. Um, yes, we all have a mummy. Who's Janet? Who is yours? Who is yours? Yes, I, uh, yes, I also have an aunt like that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> who doesn't care and, and who will say what he likes and couldn't care less. And those who know me and who are listening know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> but I think I, and I, I all know and love her. <laughs> I think that's very much what I enjoyed so much about Hedy's book and was very and feel very privileged to be able to promote it is the the humour that is in there. You know, yes. it, it, it's a, it, it's a subject that is very sensitive to most families, to most people having a, a an intellectually challenged relative, but the way Hedy has dealt with it is is in some ways light, and in other ways there are the the very much deeper moments. And I think she's found a very good balance on that. But you know, that's I'm biased. Exactly I what I was just going, that, that is exactly what I was just going to say. That the balance is is what makes the book. That there yes. is that balance between the serious subject matter and the humour that is injected into it. And we're going, to wrap up. we're going to wrap up after this ad break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. We are back, and I'm back with my fabulous guest, Hedy Lampert, the author of The Trouble with My Aunt, and her publicist, Beryl Achenberger. And we have been having a fabulous conversation about the book itself, also about the options of publicizing books and, and book discussions in this corona era that we are experiencing and living in right now. And as Beryl has said quite rightly, we are learning different ways of interacting with readers. And it's really opened up online and opened up to wider audiences which many of us didn't expect. And although nothing can compare to a live audience and a live event, this does embrace larger audiences and more of a global audience. And, Beryl, you were telling us earlier also about these these events that the Jewish Literary Festival is planning, and we look forward to hearing more about those. And, I know that the actual event has been postponed to September, 
and we don't even know yet whether that can still go ahead, do we? Mm-mm. We don't. Um, we, it's been postponed. We haven't given it a date. We can't because we don't know what's going to happen like everybody else. So the chances are that it will happen only next year when all of this has died down, please God. Um, but so, so in the interim, and I, I think we all suffered from shock to begin with. You know, none of us could sort of like raise our heads and think of, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And now we're coming out of that fog and saying, right, this is what we're going to do. And yes. uh, we, were, we were very much inspired by um, Sunday Night Book Club that the Jewish report ran with Excel Academy that really started talking about it. So, so yes, what we're going to do is we are discussing the technological uh, ramifications at the moment with a techie team because we're not technical at all. Um, no, and readers, then what we're, we're planning readers. to do... We're not, we're not techies, <laughs> we're readers. <laughs> no, we're readers, exactly. Lovers, are not fighters, you know, that That's sort true, of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we're going to... We're looking at the international authors to start because the chances of them coming back again are quite limited. So we've been in touch with all of them, and I think um, virtually all of them have said, yes, we'll do a, a Zoom live um, So we're working on that, and then we're going to look at the various other authors of, of the various people that we can get hold of who are keen and present those live events. And as I said, what we'll do is the ticket holders will have exclusivity, but then it will be opened up on YouTube or whichever platform we can use uh, through our website to everybody. And again, it, it means that a much, much bigger audience is um, going to be able to participate and enjoy the, some of the program that we put together. So we're very excited about that. In fact, we have a meeting today about it. And so I, I, I look forward to, to hearing about what's coming. That sounds very well, exciting. Absolutely, you will be. I think what Hedy was saying earlier as well, I mean, we've got such vast talent, local talent in South Africa, our authors and our our local books. I mean, they they are really the depth of of talent and the depth and breadth of talent that we have here is is really fantastic. And I don't think it is is anywhere near appreciated enough. We also have a really active um, group of appreciative readers, and that's huge for 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 authors uh, because things like the Good Book Appreciation as, um, Society yes. and on Facebook yes. and various yes. other Facebook uh, book clubs and Goodreads. It's so it's I've I've been so fascinated to see how when someone gives me a good review on one of those platforms, um, immediately. I start seeing a few sales on Amazon, and so that that to me would be my 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 biggest plea today is that if anybody has loved the book, is just please say a few words, do a review on Goodreads or the Good Book Appreciation Society. It makes such a difference to us, especially in a in a situation where we can't sell. The the, the bookshops are closed. Um, so yeah, all, all, all of our all of, of our South African authors need that sort of help from from you guys. So thank you. Okay, yes, and it's really it doesn't, so as Hedy says, it doesn't 
it does also echo that it doesn't need to be long and it really just needs to be a couple of lines literally to be be posted on on a website and we are going to wrap this up right now it has been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have you both as my guests, Beryl Achenberger and Hedy Lampert, the author of The Trouble with My Aunt. And if this has not inspired you to go and buy this book, well, then I don't know what will. It really is <laughs> a fabulous read. It's Thank you. The, the, the subject matter is it's interesting. It is serious, but as we said, the balance between the serious subject and the humor is amazing. And the local fusion and the local interest is also fabulous. People will really enjoy that that side and that aspect of the book as well. So I really do encourage you to go and buy the book however you are able to buy it and get your hands on it at the moment. You will thoroughly enjoy it. Amazon.com and people can also follow me on Facebook, Hedy Lampert, H-E-D-I-L-A-M-P-E-R-T and I generally will keep people updated in terms of talks and uh, webinars and uh, anything that's relevant to the book. Thank you so, so much. keep reading, everybody. And keep keep reading, everybody. Thanks so much, and I wish everybody a great reading week. Thanks so much, and thanks to Craig. Good Shabbos, everyone. Thank you to Craig and DJ Flo, who put this all together and who keep our sound going. Goodbye, everybody.